This episode of the OrthoBullets Audio Review Podcast will be a question session reviewing sports questions related to ligament injuries of the knee. The questions that will be reviewed appeared on the Sports Number 3 Specialty Exam on the OrthoBullets Virtual Curriculum. We will include a link in the show notes to take the exam if you have not done so already. The questions included in this episode will be reviewed by Dr. Mark Miller, who is the Chief of Sports Medicine at the University of Virginia. Hello, I'm Mark Miller, and uh, today we're going to go over some questions on uh, the knee. Uh, the first question is uh, question 10-239. Isolated transection of the posterior lateral bundle of the ACL has what effect on anterior tibial translation and rotatory stability of the knee? So in order to understand this question, you have to know what the two bundles are and what their function is. So we're going to go to the section in ACL. Uh, and we'll see the function uh, of these uh, various bundles. Uh, first of all, we have two bundles down here. We have an anterior medial and a posterior lateral bundle. The posterior lateral bundle is located more horizontally and it prevents rotation. So we'll see those two bundles in some of these images. Here's an image here with the anterior medial bundle more vertical and therefore it prevents tr anterior translation the posterior lateral bundle is more horizontal, and that is what is key for rotatory stability. And that's why we're trying to get our anatomic ACL reconstructions more horizontal. We see these uh, other images demonstrating these two bundles. Again, anterior medial, posterior lateral, and the posterior lateral is key for rotation. Another image shows the same concept with the MRI, nicely showing these two bundles. Uh, and a artist depiction demonstrating the anterior medial and posterior lateral bundle. Uh, note that these are both below Blumenstadt's line, uh, and uh, this picture is vertical. We're more used to seeing it at 90 degrees. And so then back to the question, uh, the key here again is uh, rotation, uh, and therefore the answer uh, would be number one, the, uh, the posterior lateral bundle transection would cause uh, increased tibial translation at 30 degrees of flexion. Uh, and this is discussed uh, in the discussion here. Uh, and the uh, deficiency of the anterior medial posterior lateral bundle of the ACL uh, uh, causes different uh, effects. The anterior medial bundle, uh, increased tibial translation, posterior lateral bundle, increased tibial translation, as well as rotatory instability. And so that horizontal location uh, helps with that rotatory instability. And that is why, once again, uh, the answer in this question would be number one. All right, the next question is um, question number 215. A 25-year-old male has one-year status post-ACL reconstruction with a patella tendon autograft. He has persistent instability with certain activities. His op node demonstrates excellent stability, but they did the fixation of the femoral side at the 12 o'clock position. Based on his femoral tunnel position, his history and examination are most likely to reveal which of the following. And here are your options here. So to understand this question, you have to once again understand the function of the ACL in both translation and rotation. And that's again why we're trying to get our tunnels more anatomic or more horizontal. So let's, uh, let's uh, review this topic. We're going into the ACL section. And we're going to look at uh, this technical error, which is the most common uh, cause of ACL failure. Uh, and uh, we'll see some issues with improper tunnel location. 
uh, you can see in this nice graphic, uh, when it's lax, when it's uh, in uh, too much anterior placement, it's overly tight when it's too posterior. Uh, and likewise in flexion then, if you have an anterior uh, placement, you're too tight in flexion, and, uh, and then too, uh, if you're too posterior, you're loose in flexion. And so the key image will be coming up shortly. Uh, this shows the same concepts with the anterior and posterior placement. But here is the key for this question, is this rotational instability. So if you have a 12 o'clock noon position, you're too vertical, but you have good AP stability. But the problem is you have rotational instability. And that's the key to answer this question. Uh, and so we'll go back to that question. In this, and again, the preferred response in this case is number one, you have a positive pivot shift test because you have rotational instability. You also have instability with cutting activities because of that rotational instability. In fact, you did not reconstruct the posterior lateral bundle, which we've discussed is the more horizontal bundle and more important for rotational stability. And if everybody understands that question, we'll move on to the next question. The next question is also on ACL reconstruction. 23-year-old soccer player has an ACL rupture, has reconstruction. Postoperatively, she begins rehabilitation program, and her therapist develops a series of conditioning exercises to increase her strength and range of motion. Which of the following exercises places the lowest strain on this patient for a properly placed ACL graft? And so in order to understand this question, you have to know the strain patterns in ACL reconstruction. There's been some nice work out of uh, Vermont where they put tensionometers in ACL to discuss this issue. We'll review the topic by going to the ACL section once again and look at rehabilitation. You want to uh, emphasize early passive extension, but what you want to do is to avoid open chain quadriceps strengthening. The reason that's so important is because that exercises put excessive strain on the ACL graft. So avoid these open chain exercises and, and quadriceps strengthening at low degrees of knee flexion because they can cause strain in your graft. And emphasize closed chain rather than open chain. And uh, we will go uh, back to the question with that knowledge to make sure that we have the correct uh, approach. Again, avoid extension near terminal extension, you can do closed chain flexion exercises. So we're gonna go back to the question, looking for the response we, we anticipate, uh, and uh, we want to have the lowest strain by using hamstring contractions at 60 degrees of flexion. Note that the quadriceps uh, contractions at lower degrees of extension are always wrong. So every one of these answers is wrong except for number one, because we want to avoid that pattern and hopefully everybody understands that, and we'll move on to the next question. Okay, we're gonna go on to the next question, which is number 229, which is a similar question. Which of the following exercises should typically be avoided during the initial therapy following ACL reconstruction? Now, if anybody misses this, they weren't paying attention to the last question, because we know that we want to avoid the extension, uh, especially open chain, uh, near terminal extension. So anything uh, 30 degrees or less, you want to avoid uh, early on. So let's review this topic quickly again. Okay, so again, on the rehabilitation, we want to emphasize uh, early passive extension, but emphasize closed chain exercises and avoid the open chain at terminal degrees of extension. Uh, this is also a question that often comes up with the female athlete and injury prevention. 
female athletes have a five-fold increase in ACL tears, and you can avoid that by working on plyometrics, especially working on how that athletes land. You have them land in less extension, more flexion, uh, and also to uh, absorb the blow and avoid the valgus position, which causes ACL injuries. So that's a common question as well. But remember also avoiding the extension, uh, terminal extension. And so that'll help us answer this previous question. Uh, and we're going to look at the preferred response, which you should all know by now. Again, seated leg extension should be avoided uh, because these are open chain exercises that are done near terminal extension. So we'll move on to the next question. All right, the next question is number 129. A patient develops infrapatellar contraction syndrome after going undergoing ACL reconstruction. All of the following are consistent with this diagnosis except. So in order to understand the answer to this question, we need to uh, take a look at this topic and especially complications with loss of motion associated with ACL reconstruction. Uh, and so this loss of motion can cause a series of different problems, uh, including uh, loss of extension, which is very concerning. Uh, and again, that you can avoid this by making sure people have full extension immediately before surgery uh, and also that they have full extension immediately after surgery. So in the recovery room even, uh, make sure that the pillow is under the heel rather than the knee. Uh, and some people are just scar formers and they have problems with loss of motion. And every once in a while, you'll get arthrofibrosis in a variant of that, which is called infrapatellar contraction syndrome. So the infrapatellar contraction syndrome and the uh, arthrofibrosis are all related. Uh, a, this problem will cause decreased patellar translation and often also lack of extension. So at the six to 12 week part, if you haven't got anywhere near full extension and you're concerned about your motion, you may want to do what's called an extension dropout cast. What you do in this technique is do a lysis of adhesions and a manipula manipulation under anesthesia. Uh, and then you also clear out the front of the joint uh, and then put people into a cylinder cast uh, in hyperextension. Now, several days or uh, a week later, you can actually cut out the top part of this cast and then the patient can have this cast split up here on the top and you can don it and put it on and off. And, and what happens typically is we put it on at nighttime and you can put some additional towels or washcloths under the heel to force it into extension. And you put an ACE wrap here to hold the top part together. This is called an extension dropout cast and is very helpful for loss of extension uh, and also in combating arthrofibrosis and infrapatellar contraction syndrome with the patella as part of that issue as well. So now with that, we'll go back to the question and see if we can get the right answer. So this is one of those questions where we use the word except. So you have all of these problems except. So infrapatellar contraction syndrome and arthrofibrosis can lead to uh, patella baja or infra. Uh, decreased patellar mobility, which we just saw in that response, uh, loss of full extension, which we've talked about, and loss of flexion. But it, it will not cause loss of active but not passive flexion. Uh, that implies some type of dynamic component to it, and that would, be the, uh, that would be the correct answer because it's incorrect. So if you follow the logic on that. So hopefully everybody's clear on that answer, and we'll see that response 
loss of active but not passive flexion, which of course is incorrect. And now we're going to go on to the next question. The next question involves the posterior cruciate ligament, which is one of my favorite ligaments. And you have to change your thinking a bit a little with the, AC, with the PCL compared to the ACL. So which of the following should be avoided in the early rehabilitation following PCL reconstruction? Now recall for the ACL, we want to avoid terminal extension. So in PCL reconstructions, you want to avoid hamstring stress. And so we'll review that topic. Uh, and again, for rehabilitation for the PCL, you want to protect against gravity. You can do that by doing prone motion or protected uh, decubitus motion. You want to focus on quad rehab because the quadriceps pulls the tibia anteriorly, which is something you want to do. Again, you can do this closed chain quad rehab uh, and you want to uh, focus on quad rehab to pull the uh, tibia anteriorly, which reduces it uh, in its normal position. You want to avoid hamstring exercises like curls because this pulls the tibia posterior and is your enemy in reconstruction. So you want to have uh, muscles that are your friends doing the work. So go back to that question. What do you want to avoid? Well, we know for sure it's going to be a hamstring answer. And so certainly one jumps out in particular, and that would be number four. Hamstring exercises and curls are discouraged because they put a posterior force on the graft. Okay, the next question is 11.154 on LCL injuries of the knee. Now, first and before we read the question, recognize that LCL and posterior lateral corner injuries are often combined. So we'll keep that in mind while we read this question. A 27-year-old recreational soccer player injures his knee after colliding with an opposing player during a game. On physical exam, his Lachman is graded as 1A. He has laxity to various stress. Dial test of the tibia shows increased external rotation at 30 degrees, but not at 90 degrees in comparison to the contralateral leg. Which of the following structures are torn? So let's review this topic. So again, the lateral collateral ligament is tested by a varus stress test. And uh, in this video, we see that the surgeon does a varus stress test. This can be done at both 30 and zero degrees of knee extension. Uh, if it opens at 30 degrees and not uh, full extension, it may be an isolated uh, lateral collateral. But if you have opening uh, at zero degrees also, you often have, or you definitely will have a, a central axis injury as well. So that means you have a combined cruciate injury. Now, the dial test is for posterior lateral quarter injuries. And the dial test, as shown in this video, is done in 30 degrees of flexion. This side has a right-sided posterior lateral corner injury. So the patient's prone, look at their right foot. It externally rotates more than the left foot. Again, the right foot externally rotates more than the left foot uh, in this video, demonstrating a posterior lateral corner injury to the right side. The patient's prone, so you can see that. Now, that test is done in both 30 and 90 degrees of flexion. If it only opens uh, externally, rotates at 30 degrees and not 90, then it's a posterior lateral corner injury. But if it opens at 30 and 90, that connotes a combined posterior lateral corner and PCL injured knee, both. Both of those ligaments are torn. So with that in mind, let's go back to the question. Remember we have a 1A or normal Lachman, so we don't have an ACL tear. We have opening to varus, so we have a lateral collateral ligament injury. 
and we have a positive dial at 30, which means we have a posterior lateral corner injury. Again, though, it doesn't open at 90, so you do not have a PCL injury. So anything with ACL or PCL as an answer is incorrect. Therefore, 1, 3, and 5 are incorrect. Now we're down between 2 and 4. LCL or LCL and posterior lateral corner? Well, the answer is clearly 4 because you have the dial test at 30. And so that's what that shows. That's the correct answer. If you guess number 4, you're absolutely correct. And that's the way you distinguish those injuries. That's all for this sports question review session. Hope that was helpful. Again, we will be planning to do topic review episodes during the week and question review episodes like this one on the weekends. Let us know if you like this approach and what else we can do to provide more value on these podcast episodes. You can either tweet us at OrthoBullets on Twitter or leave us a message on our Facebook page. Stay tuned for a brand new OrthoBullets Instagram page coming soon. This is the OrthoBullets Audio Review, a daily podcast by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. See you tomorrow.